today on Laura Lynn and Friends. There is no such thing as a medical consensus, only data, the analysis of data, and the arriving at a new place. We never reach perfection. And that is, uh, that is one of the great things about our human existence here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Last Days. My name is Laura Lynn Tatter-Thompson, and it is so good to be with you. You are going to enjoy my guest today. And uh, as always, I like to read from my dad's Bible, so I'm just going to turn to, like, the first place that, oh, my, man, uh, all of this, um, it's all written up. My dad obviously thought this was a very important page. There's even, oh, it's so neat to see my dad's handwriting. You know, he passed away uh, about a year ago, and in fact, we're going to be sort of laying his ashes to rest shortly um, as a family. Um, interesting, though, like this is his writing, and it's a little piece of paper that he put notes on about Isaiah 14, north to sides to something. He was making special notes. My dad, he should have been a doctor because he had terrible handwriting. We'll see if Dr. Francis Christian has terrible handwriting <laughs> when he comes on. Oh, so listen to this. So my dad underlined this, Isaiah 13, verse 10, For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. Wow. And I will punish the world and their evil. And will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Wow. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man, uh, than the golden wedge of Ophir. And I think uh, Isaiah is always talking about all these uh, incredible prophetic things about the last days. Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. Wow. Okay. I'm kind of sad. That's <laughs> pretty intense, isn't it? Okay. Wow. Well, I think that uh, there's some things being shaken right now. And I think there's some lies being exposed. And we like to talk about all of those things on this show. Uh, I'm pretty uh, pleased that we are going to YouTube today. So welcome to all of you YouTube guys. We're going to try to stay in the parameters of the rules so we don't lose our, uh, you know, lose our place on YouTube. We thank you for having us here. We'd like to be able to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But we'll do our best with what we're allowed to tell. So want to remind everyone just before I move on, JT, do you have the, uh, do we still have the, oh, did I get rid of my, my share? I'll do it later then. Um, I want to let everyone know that we are going to be starting to travel. Uh, Art Lucier is doing an incredible conference in Saskatchewan in Prince Albert, and that is going to be starting October 26th, and I'll be joining him. Uh, he's you know, going to let me say a few words on the first night, opening night. So I'm really delighted to be going up there with Art. There's, I mean, when God made, made Art Lucier, he broke the mold. You know, if you know him, you know that that's true. He's one of the most unique guys you'll ever meet. And I just love him. I'm grateful for what he does. So there's going to be a conference in Prince Albert of all places. Remember when it was North Battleford in the middle of nowhere and thousands of us went and gathered? 
because uh, he was celebrating that it was many, many decades since a powerful move of God right there in Saskatchewan. So that's neat. So I'll be there for that. Then that goes to the 30th. And then the evening of October 30th, I believe we will be doing. Do you have that poster, that one poster for the dates? Maybe we can put that up. I think these are appropriate dates. So uh, starting October 30th, uh, is that what it is, JT? I can't see that far. Yep. In, in Saskatoon of the evening of Saskatoon, uh, I'll be meeting there as along with uh, Mark Friesen. And uh, maybe Dr. Hodkinson, if I can convince him to come on out and speak with us that night. I'm looking into that. I need to call Dr. Hodkinson. He's, he's, uh, he's on my list of things to do today, later. I want to invite um, at this time a man who has become a real Canadian hero. I sure do appreciate him. His name is Dr. Francis Christian. He has been a surgeon for more than 30 years and began working in Saskatoon in 2007. He was appointed director of the Surgical Humanities Program and director of quality and patient safety in 2018, and he co-founded the Surgical Humanities Program. Dr. Christian was also the editor of the Journal of the Surgical Humanities. He is now retired from surgery as of the 1st of March, 2022, and we welcome him to this program. And Dr. Christian, we have spoken with you before about sort of... Um, you know, the ethics that have taken place here in Canada, uh, and you have paid a very high price for speaking the truth. And we, first of all, thank you in Canada for making a stand. And I might maybe want to start with how is your life today and what's going on after sort of facing a real storm? Well, by the grace of God, uh, I'm very well. <coughs> uh, um, you know, uh, Laura Lynn, it's good to be on the right side of history. It's good to go to bed with a good conscience. And um, by the grace of God, I'm doing very well. Um, on the day I was fired, um, I, I believe it was the next day, actually, uh, I know that you were in Saskatoon and you came and addressed the, the, the group of people who had gathered in the grounds of the university uh, in my support. I will never forget that. Thank you very, very much. God bless you. Thank you for the work you've been doing for several months now, defying the tyranny, defying um, anti-science, defying this uh, oppression on humanity that has come to define the last several months. You are uh, a true Canadian hero, what you called me. <laughs> so Thank you. I, I appreciate I gotta, that. I, you know, I got to say, as I have said before, that it is the underground press in the Soviet Union, what was called in Russian the Samizdat press, that kept the truth alive. And finally, when the Soviet empire fell in ruins, what remained was the Samizdat press and all the great works of literature that they were, they were preserving. The, the, the Bible, all these wonderful things that they made available to the people of the Soviet Union in a secret and clandestine way, they were all intact while the tyranny of the Soviet Union crumbled. So thank you for all the work you've done. 
Thank you for all the work you've done. And, and uh, you have a, a sub stack that is just absolutely fantastic. I recommend everybody listening to follow your sub stack, uh, Francis Christian's Essays. And uh, you've been writing about such things as why fringe science. And uh, I really enjoyed that one. And you were sort of discussing on how consensus is the way by which we have operated in the last little bit and that a consensus cannot exist in science. Only data and the analysis of data and the arrival at the next temporary pause in the pursuit of truth. And um, I, I just appreciate that because the data and the science, we would actually all really appreciate if we would all follow that. Uh, thank you, Laurelyn. Uh, and uh, thank you for introducing my Substack to your readers. Um, as you can see, it is uh, francischristian.substack.com. And the essay you were referring to is my latest essay that I released uh, yesterday. Um, it is essentially an essay that I believe is very pertinent to our times. The title of the essay is Why Fringe Science? And about uh, a third down the essay, uh, if you look at my uh, website, I talk about a, a term uh, that was pulled in from, uh, it, it, by the way, the term consensus is not a science term. It can be used in a family that, you know, you can say, okay, I, I want to go to X place and, you know, my son wants to go to Y place, my wife wants to go to and you know z place wherever and then but eventually after a lot of discussion we come to consensus we agree that we'll go to place a so that's a, that's a word that's used for social interactions not for science and uh for some reason which i think i know the reason and the reason is the tyranny of the of of the of the system the term consensus was pulled in from this area of social interactions and planted plumb in the center of medical science. And then what happened is uh, there, were, there was corrupt news media, corrupt politicians, corrupt uh, licensing bodies, corrupt public health agencies who all said they had quote unquote arrived at a consensus about lockdowns, about masks, about vaccines, even about the origin of viruses. And you know, the astonishing and very sad thing is that most physicians and nurses also believed they had arrived at this, this destination of certainty, this, this consensus about COVID science. Uh, of course, uh, when it became apparent that the, the, the so-called consensus was repeatedly demolished by, by the fringe science, what they called fringe science moving forward uh, very quickly. Then uh, uh, public started asking the questions. How is it that these guys said there was a consensus about transmission, a consensus about infection, and now they're changing that too. So uh, the, the fact is uh, when the system realized that there was actually no consensus, uh, they became more panicky 
and uh, Anthony Fauci uh, became so panicked that he claimed that he was the science and questioning him was questioning science, science. itself you know yep i remember so that it, it, my, yeah my my essay talks about uh, about the consensus about uh, uh, you know the fact that as you uh, point out and i and in my essay i write a consensus cannot exist only data and the analysis of data and the arrival at the next temporary pause in the pursuit of truth. And then, of course, I point out that there are other logical fallacies using the word. So what does a consensus literally mean? It means a view that is acceptable to every single person who holds any view at all. And in a, in a rapidly developing field, an advanced area of medicine that is completely impossible. And then, you know, some will say, okay, uh, but the majority of people hold a particular position in a new area of science. Isn't that a consensus? And uh, no, it's not, because what size of majority characterizes the the plausible validity of a consensus? And and what if the minority view is the more well thought out view, the more in tune with the data, the more as my son would say, the more based view. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting is when you look at Sidison, uh, it is because of fringe science that we have genetics. Uh, Mendel's work was discredited and ignored uh, for, for more than 30 years. Uh, the the antisepsis uh, Semmelweis and Lister himself was ignored and demonized when they came up with their theory of antisepsis and the practice of anti antisepsis. William Harvey, the inventor of the circulation of blood, uh, he was ignored and he and his views were also uh, considered junk science. And what about germ theory itself? So all these things were what, you know, you would call fringe science, but have been fundamental to medical progress. So there is no such thing as a medical consensus, only data, the analysis of data and the arriving at a new place. And then you go to the next place. It's, you know, we, we never reach perfection. And that is, uh, that is one of the great things about our human existence here. And also about the, the much larger issue of, of, of Christian growth. We cannot become perfect. We, we keep growing. And the same thing applies to science. Um, it just keeps growing. Uh, never, never should the word consensus be used again for medicine because it's a meaningless term. Well, that makes so much sense. You know, uh, it, it just seems that once you get uh, one piece of information, for instance, it's coming out now that Pfizer is saying that they never tested to see if the, um, you know, if the shot would stop transmission. They never actually tested that. But right away, we've got Joe Biden and uh, the whole world basically saying, you'll be safe, you won't be transmitting it. Um, and then it, of course, all comes out that none of that is true. And so 
the the consensus was everyone saying that you can't transmit once you've got the the shot and the data and the science didn't line up with that at all case in point to what you're saying uh, there was a, 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 a at the start i would say a minority but now it is probably a big majority of scientists and um and 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 other uh, medical professionals um people from mathematics physics science phd's mds uh, minority of them but a very very eminent minority at the start were, were, were pointing out the data that it does not stop transmission does not stop infection which is the essentially the definition of a vaccine uh, is stopping transmission and infection so there, there were a lot of people who pointed that out now a majority of people uh, should believe it or if they don't god help them because the data is screaming in their faces right uh, but, the data uh, is clear <laughs> yes uh, absolutely clear. right um i i wanted to ask you something about uh, your being a surgeon uh what what kind of like what what kind of surgeries did did you do so i uh I was a surgeon who uh, the specialty I did was general surgery. Uh, much of my career was spent in trauma surgery, cancer surgery, thyroid surgery, uh, you know, gallbladder surgery, that sort of thing. I see. <clears throat> so, yeah. So how did you get used to all that cutting and and the blood <laughs> and all of that? Just a thought, well, a question. Well, uh, you know, Surgery uh, it was in my family too. So uh, even before I became a medical student, I had a lot of knowledge of the life of a surgeon through my father, who was also a surgeon. And so, to me, being a surgeon itself wasn't a new thing as a career. But um, to to answer your question, how do I get used to it? Um, you know, I have to say, not everybody is cut out to be a surgeon. And, I, and I, it, I know there's an obvious pun and a kind of a humorous pun in that, cut out to be a surgeon. But the fact is, uh, you know, not everybody can actually get used to um, what you call cutting and, you know, the blood and everything. Right. But it's the cut that heals. It's the cut that heals. And... And, and, and that is what keeps us going, that the sort of things we do is, is geared to make people better, to, to heal. Right. And that would give you the strength to do it because you know someone's going to get well, right? <laughs> yeah. um, I had a, a good friend and she became a doctor, but uh, she trained for the ER and then she figured out that she hated needles and she hated blood and she didn't really like touching people. <laughs> So it became to the point where she says she almost committed suicide in the middle of oh medical school because um, she had to really figure out what what was right for her, you know, and what would work. Yeah. And so uh, thank God for you uh, having it in your family and, and you were able you're you're able to do the cut that heals. I, I really like that. And so. Fantastic. And many, many fantastic doctors uh, are, you know, doing great things for humanity. I know that uh, you've come to the defense of 
Dr. Peter McCullough. Yes, indeed. Um, Peter McCullough is a very dear friend. Um, Peter is one of the most eminent um, cardiologists in the world, one of the most published people in his field, I think the most published person in the realm of cardiorenal medicine, a pioneer in COVID science. Um, when I say pioneer, I don't mean just appearing on a number of shows. I mean appearing in peer-reviewed journals, more than 50 articles and in, on COVID alone, including a seminal article on uh, the early treatment of COVID, uh, which appeared almost before any other article on the treatment of COVID, uh, which is which in the, Amer in the American Journal of Medicine. And he has been a relentless warrior for the truth, for the truth. I mean, he's not a conspiratory guy. He doesn't, you know, talk about things that cannot be verified. All he tells us is the data, the data, the data, the data. And if the data is showing a particular thing, no matter if it is contrary to the accepted view, he will bring it out fearlessly, as he should. Because our first duty is not to Pfizer, it's not to the public health agency, not to our universities, it's to the patient, right? We have to put the patient first. And he has been doing that magnificently. And he's been a magnificent uh, warrior for freedom in medicine and uh, truth and science. And Twitter, without uh, virtually no warning at all, uh, within a few hours, brought his more than um, half a million followers down to zero, just within a few hours, just manipulated his own website, brought it to zero, and then just cut him off, suspended him forever. Uh, and I want to, uh, for those who claim that this is what Twitter does, what uh, other social media people do, uh, I want to uh, alert you to the fact that this is actually very disturbing. Uh, this, this, is not, this is not something that should be taken as something that happens anyway. It's actually very disturbing because these freedoms uh, people may not realize that these, you know, these freedoms are a product of our Christian civilization. Uh, it's not a product of Western civilization because the same influence of Christ, if it had been uh, um, transplanted to Africa or Asia for 2000 years, would have produced the same result. But the Christian civilization has brought for us in the West certain liberties over centuries and decades of struggle and and people have given their lives for freedom of speech uh, for academ for the right to say things america was founded on some of those principles as well so all these principles are under threat and i would urge twitter to do the right thing uh, bef before they are forced to do the right thing because at some time they will be forced uh, to do this, the right thing. And before that, it's a good thing, before Elon Musk takes over Twitter, to do the right thing and give Peter back his platform. 
his platform had more than half a million followers. And even that was suspect because uh, Peter uh, has a video where he caught Twitter basically um, making his followers less in number. So all these manipulations and all these crazy censorship things, just stop it. It's not our tradition. It's, it's, it's part of our Christian civilization and, and don't mess with it because it'll end badly. And, and it's really, uh, people are, are onto it and it's making these platforms a lot more unpopular. I know Facebook uh, is mm -hmm. definitely, you know, people just don't trust it. They're leaving it in droves. You know, their advertisement budget has now gone way down. People just want to have information and decide for themselves. They just yes. don't want to have mummy or daddy telling them their yeah. whole lives, what they can listen to and, you know, pay attention to. They, it's kind of like demeaning your intelligence to be constantly told, well, you can't listen to this. Yeah. So and, and free speech and, and the free speech, the pursuit of truth, the pursuit of data and evidence is as old as the New Testament itself. Uh, Paul, I believe, writing to Timothy says, test all things hold fast to that which is so uh, that is one of, that is the oldest description of the scientific method too uh, and it's also a, a, a great proclamation for free speech test all things i mean uh, if it's if it's not true it'll fall down by the weight of its own contradictions if peter what peter McCullough uh, uh, says is not true then we will know it's not true but the fact is all that he's been saying is true. It's backed by lots of data. He's been speaking out for the children. Remember, I was fired because I asked for informed consent in the rollout of the injection to our kids. Uh, we now, this was last year, but every bit of that statement I made is still true. And Peter was, was waging a magnificent battle to save our kids. It's still a battle that needs to be fought. The battle is, the, the end is near, but it's, the, the victory is nigh, but it's not yet ours. And kids are still being injected with this useless and dangerous stuff, which can kill them, and I, which they I, don't need. Right. No. And I appreciate what you're saying about our Judeo-Christian values and how at, at the core of that is Jesus' idea for freedom. And what's so beautiful about it is that if you're an atheist in this country, then you get to be an atheist. If you are LGBTQ, you get to be that because our country allows for the freedom of individual decisions. Your will, just like what God, what he respected, God almost seems unstoppable for everything except what we decide he he literally and and i hope that i'm saying this correctly and you can tell me if i'm not but god literally stopped his power at the point of a human being can then choose to go their own way to become an atheist to be agnostic to be hindu uh sikh or Muslim, the, the Christian way would say 
You get to do that because God gave you the right to do it in hopes that you would choose him. Yes, because if you're forced to love somebody that really isn't love and we read that God is love. Right. So if, if, if God says you have to love me, then, then it's meaningless. But if we choose to love God, um, that's a very different thing. And of course, as you said, um, Jesus is not saying that you have to believe in me. Uh, all he's saying is consider me. Um, I gave my life for you. I, I could have, you know, just stayed as God, but I became man and, and gave my life for you. And so consider me, but he doesn't force things into people's lives. He doesn't force himself into people's lives. You have to invite him in. And as you said, this ability to be whatever you want, uh, this free will, as you call it, uh, is fundamental to our democracies. It's the it's one of the origins of things like free speech. In my Substack, I have uh, essays that talk about these things. Why freedom? Why free speech? Uh, why a free press? Uh, and all these things. So uh, your your listeners and viewers can go to my Substack and uh, and and one of the reasons I started that is you know. Nowadays, we, uh, we know, we know that we are fighting for freedom, we're, we're fighting for our rights. And I wanted to write essays on exactly why and what we are fighting for. There's an essay um, that I have there, why civil disobedience? Why academic freedom? Uh, why the rights of the child? And so on. So um, I have to say that coming back to my friend uh, Peter McCullough, uh, what, what has happened to him could happen to you. Uh, you may think you're safe now. Um, you know, that's what they thought in the Soviet Union. Because, But remember, tyrannies are always cycles of persecution. The heroes of yesterday become the persecuted of tomorrow. Uh, tyrannies never stand still. They have different classes of people to persecute. And if you're silent now, speak up because uh, you may be next and you may be the next one to be persecuted and banned and de demonized and deplatformed and all those other things which uh, come with censorship. Right. And, and you certainly have been in a battle. In fact, you have a lawsuit now. Is it against the College of Medicine, Health Authority and other individuals? Yes, indeed. Um, and uh, on your screen, I believe, is the JCCF, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, a great organization, uh, a great group of lawyers who seek uh, actively and valiantly to defend Canadians' constitutional and freedom rights. Um, I very much recommend that you go to their website and if you can't support them, do support them because uh, they're doing God's work. Uh, and the lawsuit is uh, essentially in three parts. One is uh, violating my constitutional uh, and charter rights. And then, of course, uh, the fact that my academic freedom was violated and then defamation. 
um, against certain individuals. Now, uh, people ask me, so why are you doing this lawsuit? And the reason is very simple. Uh, one is accountability. There has to be accountability in the system. If there is no accountability, we don't have a system. Uh, so the system must have accountability. Uh, and secondly, uh, this, the, the things that, that, that we are fighting for are actually much larger than me. Uh, academic freedom of speech, constitutional rights, charter rights. So there has to be a precedent for posterity that these be preserved forever. So those are the two reasons I am fighting this. The first is accountability for the system. The system must be accountable for everything it does. Uh, and uh, these very big issues, which must be, uh, which must be decided on and must be a precedent for posterity. Well, we sure are in the battle of our lives. That Did you yeah. see any of this coming? Before I let you go, I'll just, you know, did, did you see the unusual events of 2020 um, bringing about Not such a revelation of, of chaos? Not at all. And uh, uh, I was on your show uh, a few months ago saying how uh, disturbed I was when I saw all these things happening uh, and unfolding before me in, back in 2020. It, it wasn't surprising, though. It was disturbing. But I had seen this play played out in uh, my, my study of the Soviet Union and to a lesser degree of, the, of Nazi Germany, where uh, as the tyranny is rolled out, there is capture of the media. There is one message for, by the media. Um, there is the Ministry of Truth through which all facts must go and only what they approve is, all, all this is actually not new. Uh, tyranny is all, as old as mankind itself. It may be true in our modern Western nations, but certainly it's not uh, uh, new for mankind. It's Tyranny has happened uh, in cycles, and it, it surprises us in the West because we live on these Christian principles of free will, free speech, freedom of thought, freedom of religion, all these things. So, um, you know, to go back to your question, it, it, no, I didn't, for the life of me, I didn't. You're I, surprised I, I, like I the rest expect, of us. Yeah. I didn't expect this. I was very disturbed, yes. <laughs> It's been something, but uh, I'll tell you what gives me comfort is gentlemen like yourself fighting so very hard and really putting the pedal to the metal and bringing that accountability in a way that not many of us could. And so I am looking forward to hearing what goes on. When you're able to talk more fully about it and perhaps even come on with a lawyer or let us know of the progress or the end result we sure would love to hear about that and what that journey brought and hopefully the justice that you will see for your situation and so thank you so much for joining me today uh dr christian we sure do appreciate you thank you laurel Lynn, and we appreciate you and love you god bless you thank you god bless you thank you i really like that man that's a very very honorable 
person in our Canada. And, you know, I never would have known who he was. I never would have known his name had it not been for the fight. Would we all have known each other? You know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't know the, you know, the, the different ones. Um, look at the battle uh, that the professor uh, has been engaged in. Uh, you know, um, oh, never mind. I'll, I'll bring it up later. But um, so many people, like, they would just be nobodies. They would just be unsung heroes, maybe, you know, doing things in their own universities or leading a class here or there. But instead, because of this battle, it's made people famous. It's made names stand out. Uh, Pastor Archer Pulowski. So good news for him today. Yet another court ruling in his favor that uh, he's he's having charges dropped, right? That they're that's what we're hearing. I think Sheila Gunn Reed is reporting on this. So, my dear friend Pastor Art, can you imagine? We've had him on this show. They've imprisoned him. Uh, he was strip searched, uh, left very cold. He was moved from cold to hot prison cells to literally torture him. Uh, threats were made against his life in the jailhouse. And now, after all of that, he's the leader of the, is it the Alberta Independence Party? And, you know, and also, <laughs> also now, these charges are beginning to just fall off of him. And think about Jason Kenney and his role in not protecting the people. Uh, it's great news today that, uh, that he has been usurped. And there's somebody new leading the way. I like her, right, JT? Uh, Dina Henshaw, apparently she might be getting rid of Dina Henshaw as of today. So I think that this is really, really good news. We have a couple of things to show you before we go. Um, so Dr. Tam, she is advocating for the third booster. And we'll just show you what the esteemed Dr. Tam has to say. Ever since Omicron appeared, that was the moment when all experts, the vaccine experts, National Advisory Committee on Immunization has recommended an additional dose because it's simply not enough in the Omicron era to have two doses. Um, and now we learn over time, of course, about waning immunity as time goes on, which is why we're recommending boosters if you haven't had one in the last six months. Many people after a whole year or even two years haven't recovered their previous normal state of health. So again, as Minister Duclose, we will be obviously looking at our data and boosting our understanding as well as our recommendations on long COVID itself, a significant impact on the economy, on our labor workforce, and certainly on the health system. Now, I'm just wondering um, why she's wearing a mask. Is she sitting super close to people or like what is the what is the reason for that as she gives us her latest media broadcast? I don't know. Why does she have to wear a mask right now? 
they've been doing a lot of these uh, and you sit, you know, you're socially distanced. I thought the masks were passe. I don't know. Just asking. Don't hate me, YouTube. Okay. Um, how about this next one? Dr. Paul Offit, why he voted no for the Omicron booster. The FDA panel member, Dr. Paul Offit, he's voted no on it. So let's see what he has to say. Do why the not, benefits right? of this vaccine outweigh the rest. I, I didn't see the benefits. We really need much better data, I think, before we move forward on this. And I can only hope that it's coming because I feel very strongly about my no vote there. In fact, the only reason I voted no was because hell no was not a choice. And, and it just um, surprised me that we were willing to go forward with this with such scant evidence of benefit. I think that the phrase that I used was uncomfortably scant. So you, you just sort of felt like the fix was in a little bit here. Maybe that's not the right phrase, but it was something that, that they wanted. And I felt like we were being led here and with that, with, with a, a critical lack of information. Right now, they're saying that we should trust mouse data. And I don't think that should ever be true. I, I don't think you should ever ask tens of millions of people to get a vaccine based on mouse data. And there's no public data on that yet. What's more, for these fall booster shots, the FDA is not consulting with Dr. Offit and the rest of the Independent Vaccine Advisory Committee. The reason to consult us is because when you do that, when you, you consult us, that's open to the public. So we'll get then all the data from the two companies, which then is available to the public. By not doing that, by simply saying we don't need that advice, what they're also saying is we're not going to be transparent about what we have to the American public. And I just think that's not fair. If you clearly have evidence of benefit, um, great. But if you don't, clearly don't have evidence of benefit, then, then say no. That makes sense, right? That makes perfect sense. I do, do have a share there, JT. I'm just going to let everyone know that very shortly here, we're going to head over to my Rumble channel. And uh, on Rumble, we're going to show you a couple of things that out of respect for the rules uh, on this platform uh, that, uh, that we're going to show on Rumble. So I'm on Rumble as Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. I kind of have this, uh, this uh, little... Um, thing in the yeah this i icon at the top yeah i look like a little bit of a lion there and uh, we've got doc, dr francis christian going it also has all of my shows and i just i want you to know that we're going to head over there shortly even if you wanted to have a little bit of time to start calling it up in another browser because uh, there's one uh story that this is the weirdest most bizarre like i thought i might get bad dreams <laughs> it's so weird i don't know if you've seen it i've only got it from one source and nobody you know my husband hadn't seen it and he always knows everything that's going on um it is bizarre world but i can't show you here we're gonna have to show it on another so let's go to the video of mep bob roos um, asks pfizer if the vaccine was tested for preventing transmission and this is a little bit what i was talking about with uh professor um christian today is uh you know was was this even a question with pfizer take a look was the pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market if not please say it clearly if yes are you willing to share the data with this committee 
And I really want straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it's entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. And from that point of view, we had to do everything at risk. I think our Dr. Bourla, even though he's not here, would turn around and say to you himself, uh, if not us, then who? Um, Dr. Bourla actually felt the importance of what was going on in the world. And therefore, as a result of that, we actually um, spent $2 billion at risk uh, of self-funded money from Pfizer to be able to manufacture as it well, first of all, research, develop and manufacture at risk to be able to make sure that we were in a position to be able to help um, with the pandemic. And, uh, and I think that's why I feel very good when a recent paper um, from the Imperial College stated that in the first year of the rollout of, of vaccines, um, we saved uh, four million people. So from that point of view, I feel that uh, actually we were there when the world needed us to be able to make sure that we were able to help people around the world with um, with vaccination as well as now oral oral treatment. I would hate to imagine what situation we would be in in the world right now if companies like us did not take those risks, did not um, do clinical research and developments at scale uh, in order to make sure that we could have a vaccine that we could roll out um, to the world. So I really I understand your frustrations. I really do. But I also hope at some point somewhere you also do appreciate what um, pharmaceutical companies have done in order to be able to roll out and deliver vaccines at such speed and scale. The speed, she said, of science, the consensus that this is what we should do. All right. Um, investigation into spikes in newborn baby deaths in Scotland. Uh, so this is happening because they are reporting, and I'm sure the world wants to know uh, the science as we learn it, um, but there has been a marked increase in baby deaths in Scotland and so they are doing an investigation into why that is going on and you know we'll be happy to present uh, those findings when we know and I'm glad that they're looking into it and um, I'm certain that Pfizer will want to help with that. Uh, Webb, how to detox the spike protein after COVID or vaccine? I think I sent you that didn't I? Just so you know there's a whole bunch of things that is coming out um, with what you can do in order to detox your system. And one thing that uh, Toby and I are arranging is that there's a, a Zelenko protocol actually that we wanna be able to offer you to detox your body from anything that, you know, uh, has uh, been left over from uh, either getting COVID or any bad reactions you might be having or whatever. So we're going to there is some really, really good stuff, and I believe it's all in our Flipboard. If you want to check out our Flipboard today, go have a look at that. Um, two Canadian tech companies say that they recreated ArriveCan. I find this really hilarious. So they recreated ArriveCan app over Thanksgiving weekend <laughs> to show how $54 million price tag that 
uh, our prime minister paid for this stupid app that sometimes never worked. It literally would not download onto my phone at one point, and then it wouldn't download onto uh, JT's phone. And I said to the border guard, a, a really nice Sikh gentleman who was helping us, um, I said, I think that maybe God doesn't want it on my phone. And he gave a little chuckle because that thing would not download onto my phone. This was early on, probably about oh, well over a year ago. So so these two guys, um, well, or two Canadian tech companies, uh, they, they come up with something that functions just as well. And over the weekend. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's take a look at Ron Paul um, from eight years ago. I want to say to you that uh, regarding this whole, all of the talking about the Ukraine and the Russian war and all of that, I just want you to know, I have, I don't know if it matters or not, but I get feelings, you know what I mean? And I just do not feel that there is imminent worry. I think that there's some fear mongering going on, but let's just pray that uh, the powers that be in these situations, there might be a nuclear war one day, but I'm not feeling it's an issue now. Um, could be wrong tomorrow if I'm not here and everything's blown up. You know, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> but uh, I just don't feel that this is the one and that we need to be worried. And I'm hearing about a lot of fear and you're writing me about some of that fear and people are calling me. And I was talking to a nice fellow this morning, Rob, and uh, we discussed it and we both feel the same that there's, this is just a bit of a, a smoking gun kind of, or, you know, like um, it's just a little bit of fluff about it. And this isn't it. And I, I just don't feel worried about it. So, but it, this is interesting about what Ron Paul had to say eight years ago. Take a listen. Ukraine's sort of sorted out between themselves and, and the Russians. Whatever happens, happens. Well, well, certainly United States. I speak uh, uh, more from the perspective of the United States taxpayers, and it doesn't serve our interests. We've already spent $5 billion over the last 10 years trying to pick and choose the leadership of Ukraine. And then we participated in the overthrow of the uh, Yanukovych government. And this is when this recent stuff really stirred up. But we've been involved too much, and I take a non-interventionist foreign policy position. It's not our business. It doesn't serve anybody's interests. It's part of the same thing that led us into the disaster in the Middle East. A lot of people die, a lot of money is spent, and we're still suffering the consequences of the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. And there's the threat of the war in Syria. We don't need another threat. The American taxpayers don't want it. And they, our government thinks they can get away with, well, I know the people don't want a war yet, but we're going to play games and we're going to threaten Russia and we're going to put on sanctions. And they fail to recognize that we have $500 billion of investments in Russia. Russia has $450 billion invested in the West. And all we're doing is trying to stir up more trouble. It makes no sense whatsoever. So, so it makes a lot of sense for us to mind our own business and let somebody over there solve their own problems. So Wow, wouldn't it have been good to listen to him? Uh, th this is exactly, uh, that That could, everything he just said, I mean, that could have been said very recently and it would be relevant. 
it's shocking to me that what I'm seeing in the United States of America is Biden and the Democrats um, and even some Republicans just not understanding that if you keep on baiting and pushing and making things worse, it could get worse. Um, Jesus said, uh, seek peace and pursue it. We need to have peace in our worlds, in our personal worlds, in as much as is possible, live at peace with all men. There are always times when we just can't live at peace because somebody is crazy. You know, we all, there's sociopaths in our workplaces. Sometimes we end up in a relationship with a complete nut job, right? And at that point, you can't just uh, make peace. You can't um, live at peace with that situation. But in as much as is possible, live at peace with all men. And if we would all follow that and we would try not to, you know, keep making things worse with those that potentially could really go off. You know, it'd be good if, if we just didn't do that. Um, Tulsi Gabbard has, oh, we want to do Joe Rogan? I don't know if I see that anywhere. Oh, you put it in up here. Okay, so Joe Rogan, and uh, this is a little surprise. So why don't you just, what's it about? Oh, so, oh, who should censor the internet and uh, the winner of the Rolling Stone magazine. Oh, he's the publisher of Rolling Stone. Okay, <laughs> let's have a look. To regulate the internet? Absolutely. You trust the people that got us into the Iraq war under false pretenses to regulate the internet? Uh, Do you afraid. think that makes any sense? Well, wait a minute. The, I would not, the people who got us into the Iraq war. It's the government. Was the, no, was the politicians. It's the government. In the end, yes, it's the government. But who else is going to regulate? But if they're going to be in power and they're regulating the internet, they're going to regulate the internet in a way that suits their best interests. No, the same way they do with the banking industry, the same way they do with the environment, the same way they do with energy, the same way they do with everything. No, what is, what represents their interests? There's so mu you're talking about so much money hmm. involved in disseminating information in and a very the particular way. The world are, right now are the internet companies are. Rich beyond belief. Yeah, it's fat, but it's it's a disruptive thing that has never existed before. My, I, I think it exists, and I think w where we're at is where we're at. I think we need to move forward collectively as a country with an ethic that respects truth and that appreciates opinions and reality and an and, and understanding of things that's not necessarily possible with corporate interest involved in the dissemination of information. But there's no way to do that except through the government. There's no, oh, excuse me, there's no way that you can do that except through the government. Why I mean, is that? Human nature is not going to change. But the government's not going to change either. But the government is capable of change. Okay, look, the government regulates, for example, the food supply or it can regulate, let's take the, the food supply. Yeah, the Department of Agriculture. Why have they let glyphosate safety. infestate all of our foods? I, I, Let's stay with one thing. Yeah, but that's time. a problem. That's the I government agree. regulating. Well, then we better get better politicians in them to employ better people. I mean, it's not, I guess, again, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Right. Okay. So let's take the uh, SEC or take the Food and Drug Administration's regulates big pharma. On the one hand, 
we've got a very safe supply of drugs in this country. You know, safe. Their drugs are tested. You know, you don't get too many bad drugs. You know, farm prescribed drugs. Twenty-five percent of all drugs approved by the FDA get recalled. I think that was a great discussion. That was a beauty, eh? Did you find that in your little travels? Ooh, your little treasures? <laughs> oh, that was really good. I like that. You know, who's supposed to regulate the people that have, uh, you know, it's it's just like uh, this Bill C-7, is it, that um, Trudeau wants to put through? Or is it C-11? Uh, oh, I was just reading something. I get there's so many bills. Um, so where they want to regulate what we all put out there. And ironically, even Netflix is saying, hey, this is a problem because maybe you're regulating the internet so much, maybe we're not going to be able to have programming on here. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Well, what are independent producers and uh, news tellers like myself going to do when the government says you're not allowed to say such and such we are censoring you what what are we going to do and how are we going to get that information out how will canadians be able to get anything will it be you know more like china where they are only allowed to hear certain things and get certain things out of that country whatever the government says you can do so who regulates all of that I mean, this is very difficult. I do believe that, well, I did have an interesting chat with another fellow this morning who was saying that there's this group, was it ICANN or, that they regulate the inter internet now and how it's funny that in the past we've been to, oh, we can't keep all of this pornography and all of that off the internet. How are we going to do that? Free speech, blah, blah, blah. You know, you can't protect kids from godforsaken disgusting pornography but you know but you'll censor somebody talking about a scientific um you know study that's been done that goes against the government narrative you you don't want that on and so somehow no one can get that on it's all being taken down but the pornography ah we can't regulate it and how there are companies now that are making safe spaces for families because this problem is so huge and now they are able to somehow keep this stuff out of their area that they're controlling and so you can just put all these blocks on and you can you know prevent this kind of stuff so uh very very interesting remember i'm going to rumble very shortly here also we just want to we're going to go back to one more thing about T Tulsi Gabbard leaving but i just want to say it's very very exciting to know that Danielle Smith uh, the new premier of Alberta is seeming to be an answer to what we needed in Alberta. Albertans are the heart of Canada. And Danielle Smith is basically standing up for the people. And you know why she can do that? Because, because the truckers fought hard. And part of the reason that she has been able to get in is because of the support from the, the good men and women who went to Ottawa earlier this year. And she is definitely to be celebrated for her stand. 
I'm hearing that she's stating she's going to fire Dina Henshaw. We haven't seen it yet, but God bless her. May that happen. So deserving. And I hope that we can get rid of Premier Horgan. NDP has done nothing but fail. He's, he's stepping down. But then we'll get his lackey, yeah, be put in. Some other NDP lost soul. So, you know, can you imagine the day we heard that, that Dr. Bonnie Henry was being fired? Oh, the joy, the, the parties that would, that would happen instantaneously, the cheers, the resounding applause. We pray for that day. All right. One more video before I've got to go over to, um, got to go over to rumble because this is the weirdest creepy it's happening. It's something real that's happening and it, it's so bizarre. I would have never thought, um, so big political news. Tulsi Gabbard has left the democratic party, calls them warmongers. Take a look. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. Wow. I don't think the United States of America has ever been such a mess than we're seeing right now. I mean, absolutely shocking what is going on down there. And uh, I didn't, um, I wanted to do something more on uh, Candace Owens, but I don't see that here. So that's okay. We'll save that for tomorrow. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. We'll save it for tomorrow. So uh, one more time, JT, if you could show my, my Rumble page right here. And then please remember that we are going on tour in Southern uh, Ontario and also over to Nova Scotia. If you could contact us at laurelinlive at protonmail.com. Of course, you can see all of this at my website, laurelin.tv, laurelin.tv for my website. We're going to head over to Rumble right now to show you the creepiest, weirdest, most bizarre video that I recall in my life, I don't, I just, I, I watched it last night and I went, that is bizarro world. Like, is that happening? Like what is happening? And it, it's, I just don't think it'll be safe on this platform. So I'm going to show it to you on rumble. So 
Uh, say goodbye to YouTube. We love you. Um, I'm going to be closing with my scripture as well. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Okay. Are we good? All right. Well, what we'll do then, we're going to keep on going with all my faithful brothers and sisters on the the safe platforms where we can talk about I was I was biting my tongue the whole time. Okay? It was just killing me. I had a lot to say. I wanted to say even more to Dr. Francis Christian, but I was like, oh, we're on YouTube. <laughs> so anyways, um, I mean, I was getting away with a lot of things too on Facebook and uh, they just got me on that one thing about, um, well, where Dr. You know, Hoff, yeah, called it a pandemic of the vaccinated and that's because the numbers were showing that it's it's high high numbers of the vaccinated that are now dying in the hospital so let's let's view this really creepy weird video uh it's an oan story on the weird behavior from people who have collapsed take a look there are videos emerging of a terrifying new condition that's popping up all over the world what you're looking at now is footage from security cameras that shows people suffering from the effects of some mysterious attack on their bodies. In every case, it follows the same pattern. The affected person stops what they're doing and looks around as if they hear something slowly turning their head. Then they start flailing their arms and legs, kicking and thrashing like they're fending off some invisible attacker. This is followed by collapsing on the ground in a convulsion, writhing and twisting in uncontrollable spasms. The incidents of this bizarre and frightening new malady have come out of nowhere, and now it's being captured by CCTVs around the world. Now, to be fair, it's not clear if this vaccine death spiral is linked to the CCP injections, but when you consider the alarming number of other gruesome side effects from this vaccine, it's not hard to believe. As far as we can tell, this has never been witnessed before. And if that's the case, then we have to consider what could be responsible. Well, did he say? Did he say what could be responsible? What, what is happening? Where people just stop and then they're like, you know, it's it's kind of like Ghost. Do you remember that movie Ghost with um, Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, Whoopi Goldberg in the finest movie she ever did, and now she's just full of nonsense. But anyways, I just loved her in that. <laughs> you in danger, girl. Molly, you in danger. Um, but, you know, they had the black things that, you know, like what are they seeing and why? What do you think it is? Do any of you have any idea? Has there been some, something that's opened up where they are able to see what we all don't see? Because we all know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers in high places. These are demonic forces. We know, thank God, we don't see them, right? Wouldn't you be totally freaked out? If all of a sudden you could, you know, you could see something that you don't normally see. Like, um, I've had talks with people where 
we're out at a restaurant and I'm telling them about Jesus or something, right? And I can see they're wrestling with everything. And I've, I've even mentioned, I said, the devil is so mad. I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> He's so mad. Like if we could see the war in the heavenlies where we've got the angels and the demons, right? And to me, this looks like they're suddenly seeing something that uh, they didn't see before, you know. What is that? I'm glad. I'm glad I don't see all that stuff. Sometimes people see angels and demons and, you know, I, I have the, how I would describe my, the way that I can perceive is that I get um, a tingle if I feel that I'm near something dark. And I also have a certain way that I, I feel, which is very hard to describe, but I just, uh, I'm on edge and I'm on high alert. And I know that I'm in the presence of something evil or someone is literally demon possessed, that there is a demonic spirit that is speaking through a person, uh, maybe using their own voice, but that what I'm dealing with is not of human origin. And, uh, you know, when, when that happens, um, I just call on the name of the Lord and I know that I'm protected and I don't need to worry about anything. So I don't need to fight off anything. I don't need to start, you know, punching or whatever, but something's in the room that is not necessarily of God, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So is this some kind of psychosis that's being unleashed in the brain? Is this some kind of crazy, you know, vision that they're having that has been unleashed and why is is this because of you know what we all talk about all the time is that that or is this some weird virus is this a virus of seeing something crazy i mean i saw this and i i had to keep watching it like what's happening that's got to be the nuttiest thing i've ever seen and it's happening to several people and they're capturing in many places. And didn't he say all over the world? So, um, they stick their arms out. Yeah. Like, look at this guy. He's like terrified, man. Like so now this is moving in front of him. He's terrified. Like something's happening. So, man, right. I want to read to you from John 10. My website is lauralyn.tv. I thank all of you for your support. Um, you won't see any of the things that we're um, doing here today on your nightly news. You won't see it very many places. Um, and it's because we feel called to speak the truth and to tell you the truth. And that has expenses that go with it. But we're very thankful to you. If you have ever donated and perhaps become a monthly partner. You went to our website, you saw the donate button and you said that you'd like to help to begin supporting us. I sure do appreciate that. It means the world to us because we really, we really can't do this um, and devote all of our time to it. Uh, I will definitely have to go and get a job somewhere. Um, and that is not easy because when people hire you, they go to your Facebook page and they go and they Google your name and then my name will come up as the great conspiracy person who has been reporting 
on the harm of the jabs and some things that have been said, and then I, I won't be getting that job. So thankfully, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking to do what God has called me to do, and that is to be right here every day, bringing the word of light to you. Um, the good shepherd and his sheep. <clears throat> I want to be part of those who are confined and held by the good shepherd. I want to be where the good shepherd is monitoring and is looking out for all the harms so that if there's any wolves around, um, they're not going to come near me because I'm in the fold with the good shepherd. And I'm very grateful that God is a protector. We don't have to fear nuclear war. We don't have to fear viruses. We don't have to fear all this stuff. We just have to stand strong in the power of who God is. So in John 10, it says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. Interesting that Jesus always spoke his strongest words to the religious leaders of the day. Let that inform you. I bet he still has his strongest, most provocative um, warnings for the religious leaders of our day as well. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I know one thing, I don't wanna get ahead of the good shepherd. I don't wanna be running out in front of him. I want him to lead and show us the way right now. And I'm always asking you, what is God speaking to your heart? What is the good shepherd saying to you, his sheep? Are you his sheep? There's only one way to hear his voice. And it kind of goes on about that, but it says that his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Do you know the voice of God right now? What is he saying to you about your situation? not somebody else's don't be buttoned into what you think they should be doing what is god saying to you what has he given you directive to be involved with right now but they will never follow a stranger in fact they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees, they did not understand what he was telling them. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? The Pharisees followed the book of the law, the prophetic words, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, and Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, and Malachi. They all had all those books of the Bible books that prophetically said that there would come a savior out of Bethlehem and here they were right in front of Jesus born in Bethlehem in the city of David in the lineage of David and they did not recognize his voice 
I'll tell you what, may we be found recognizing the voice of Jesus because he is the gate that we can enter in and understand his protection, his power, and his goodness. We'll see you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.